Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. Hold on to your pants, it's time for a special episode. Welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop. This is Steve, and today's episode will be a little different. I had the great opportunity to sit down with Jason Perez from Shelf Stories to rank and discuss our favorite tiny epic games. This is the audio recording version, but if you want to see the video version, I highly recommend checking out his YouTube channel, Shelf Stories. There will be a link in the podcast. And while you are there, I recommend subscribing as I'm personally a fan of the content that Jason produces. But before we get to that, I'd like to thank our Patreon supporters. This week, we would like to thank Greg Lagmead, a co-op fan, Julio Yanez, a co-op MVP, and Jack Rutter, a co-op lover. Thanks to these and the rest of our Patreon supporters. Every bit helps us grow and keep producing the content that we do. Now on to the rest of the podcast. Hope you enjoy our look at the Tiny Epic series of games from Gainlam Games. my people what's up welcome back to shelf stories the channel that tells tales from games books and life i am your host jason thank you so so much for stopping by we are chatting tiny epics we are rating all of the tiny epics one through nine and i've brought my friend who owns every single tiny epic i'm disappointed i don't see uh the the shelves behind him we're doing this on a zoom call usually when i call this man he has tiny epics staring me in the face not today for some reason, but uh, this is Steve from the One Stop Co-op Shop. Welcome to Shelf Stories. Thanks for having me on, Jason. Yeah, it's actually off to the side. I've got the uh, the duffel bag, and okay. so I was pulling the games out and uh, figuring out which one's number one, which one's number one. So yeah, it's off in the corner. Of course you have the duffel bag. <laughs> uh, okay, so we are on Zoom. This is a little bit of a Spartan um, setup over here, but I, you know, I just wanted to get something up there. Thank you so much, Steve, for uh, being my first guest over here. I couldn't think of somebody better. We've connected a lot uh, over the years, over the last couple of years. You have the One Stop Co-op Shop. Uh, we've done many podcasts together, um, so it's going to be a pleasure to talk about Tiny Epic. Looking forward to it. Let's do it. All right. So, um, no, so not a lot of muss and fuss. Uh, and uh, uh, just uh, the one little programming note, this is the same exact recording that is going to be on the One Stop Co-op Shop. We're releasing uh, this as a video uh, on my channel. I'm releasing this as an audio on uh, the One Stop Co-op Shop. So the reason why we're doing that is because I, you know, I don't think that we really need to go like, you know, cross over and come here, come there. Too much work. <laughs> we figured people who use youtube who want to see our smiling faces can do so and people who are on the go uh have that same recording in that format as well so we'll see we'll definitely see how it goes all right uh so we let us get on to uh ranking the tiny epics so before we get to there before we get there though uh i just want to talk about tiny epic in general like and basically the question is why like what, what's what's happening but what what is the deal with tiny epic uh, it's it's branding clearly i mean it's just pe- it sticks in people's minds but you know i think that people have like legitimate things it's like okay people post about it all the time you know what's the best tiny epic blah 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 like why do we why do people care like what is unique about this series that you can't get from you know just any other game series or any other you know system of games so steve you are a tiny epic aficionado probably a little bit more so than me even though i've played them all uh you tell me what's the draw to tiny epic 
the big draw for me is it's it's expected. Meaning that like if I'm backing a tiny fit game, I know I'm gonna get the specific size box. I know it's gonna be very portable because at least for my job is traveling a lot. And it's a game that would um I don't know, pack small, but expand out. So I could actually, like, in my hotel room, play a decent length of game without having much space because especially if I'm traveling overseas, I don't have a lot of space in my bag, and that space is very important to me. Traveling overseas, what do you do for, for, for work or just for pleasure? <laughs> I wish it was for pleasure. For work, mostly. So, <laughs> so you don't have too much time to play Tiny Epics over there, but what, time, what little time you do uh, fits the bill. That's right. That's right. So, I mean... I, yes. Uh, so I love, I love that statement of like, okay, it packs small, but it expands out. Um, yes. Every tiny Epic game is actually kind of a table hog <laughs> when you really kind of just expand all the pieces and everything. I think a couple of things. Uh, so we've had uh, Michael Coe and Scott on. I had them on the Every Night Game My podcast. Um, a couple of things. So I think for Scott Arms in particular, who is the designer of all the games, I think it, that I think the design constraint helped him. So like, you know, he knows what to do. And I've, I've heard a lot of designers say that. So like you, it's, so like people say, what do you begin with first? Do you begin with theme or do you begin with the, uh, mechanics? And you ask a lot of designers who do this for a long time and they'll say, give me product size. You know, what am I working with here? Am I working with just a deck of cards? Am I working with a giant box? Am I working with miniatures? So I think that like having the small box and, and it's a, you know, and from Michael Coe's perspective, it's like, it's shelf presence, right? So like, you know, um, Steve isn't showing them, but like, if you lay them all out, they look kind of cool, right? <laughs> Just like, you know, they're all kind of similar. So it's like, you, you know, so you're never going to get like a bigger tiny Epic game. It just is going to kill the vibe that they're creating. So from a design perspective though, um, it challenges Scott to design as much as he can. It's almost like a, a, a constant series of design challenges. And, you know, and if you know anything about Tiny Epic, it's like, you know, there's the cooperative one, the worker placement one, the card one, the dice one. And so every single time he has, he knows what he's going to got to do. And it just like helps him set his mind. And I think he's like, he approaches as I'm going to make the best big little game possible. So I so like on a design perspective, from a marketing perspective, it all kind of makes sense. And then from a gamer perspective, I think what, you know, one of the things you said was very true. It, it's big. Like it lays out big and it's like a decent size, like, you know, it gives an, an like more mechanical bite than say an Oniverse game. So like, I love the Oniverse games, but Tiny Epic just packs more punch. And then the other thing is it packs more punch, but the rule sets are usually pretty easy. Like I went in to my, my Tiny Epics that I have, and I played them all, but I've, some, some of them I've played in years. And I was able to like kind of pick it up after a very short time. It's like, I, I get back into it. So, I, so uh, do you have that experience, Steve? Like, you know, of, of playing, um, like a, maybe you pull out one that you haven't played in a couple of years, but it just like lays down really easy. Yeah, that's for sure. They all have a a thumbprint or a footprint that I can recognize. Oh, yes, this is Scott Alms' work or whatever. Like a key one is the player cards, right? They always have a track going around the player cards for always. keeping track of resources, whether it's health or a bunch of resources. Like, oh, this is a tiny epic game. I know, I know what to do with this, right? And so those patterns being repeated through the whole series help cement that even if you don't remember the old ones, you can pick up on it really easily. Right. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I didn't really put it quite that way, but yeah, absolutely. They, like the health track always does this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or something like there's always going to be something, a set of right. oversized cards and a set of playing, uh, playing cards. Every single game has like the oversized and the playing cards and every single game has, uh, I mean, for a while there, every single game had item meeples, which we could talk about those. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there's a reason why they cut that out. 
Um, not that they're bad or anything, but <laughs> a little bit too much of a good thing. Um, okay, so like that's so that's really kind of what we're talking about with Tiny Epic. We're talking about um, portable games that that expand out big, that that provide like a light to mid like strategy. Would you say that like light to mid kind of strategy as opposed to just pure light? Yeah, they're definitely in the late to mid. And some of them, well, one of them I mentioned specifically is, I would even say a little bit on the heavier side, not a heavy game per se, but definitely um, it's got me to them. Yeah, solid midway. And I think I know which one's talking about. We'll get to that. Yep. Um, and then, you know, so, you, so you're getting that, you're getting it in a small box, you're getting like, you know, a simple rule set and you're getting, and yes, you're getting the branding. <laughs> <laughs> we have to come back, uh, especially Michael Coe's perspective. I mean, he, he's definitely hit on something, and we're just going to keep on getting them. Um, so we're going to rank nine of them. Uh, we have neither of us – or have, or have you played Tiny Epic Pirates, which as of this recording has not delivered yet? I have not. I haven't ordered, but our Kickstarter, I guess to say, back, but I've not received it. Okay, so we are going to rank all the Tiny Epics from – the very first one, which was Tiny Epic Kingdoms, down to Tiny Epic Dinosaurs, which landed this year. Uh, Pirates is not on the agenda. So uh, maybe we'll re record it. After the next nine, we'll revisit this. And <laughs> we'll Sounds good. <laughs> cool. All right. So you are the guest, so I'm going to let you leave. We're just going to rank them nine to one. Uh, we'll go back and forth. Uh, so hit, hit me up with your number nine, your bottom. You're scraping the bottom over there, uh, Tiny Epic King. Yeah, this was one of the easier ones to rank for me, unfortunately. So, and it is the first one for me. It's Tiny Epic Kingdoms. I'm I'm a big fan of 4X. I like Civilization games, and so I'm really excited when this came out. And originally it came out, it didn't have the solo mode in it. And they since then they had an expansion which makes it solo playable. And all the other Tiny Epics are total support solo play. But when I play this game, the solo mode is it works, but it's really wonky. It's got this compass, and you have to like roll a die and see where it points in the compass to move guys around. And it's, it, I know it's really challenging to make a civilization type game work in a small box with an AI. And I, I appreciate the attempt, but it didn't really work so well for me. Okay. The the theme I like a lot, and then the other thing I didn't quite care for as much is the is the different levels of tracks. So you have different ways to win. You can win by Tech and magic, you can build towers, you can have a big population, or if you have the expansion, you can level up a hero. Well, the magic is so powerful in the game, everyone kind of goes for it. You get more powers that way. And so that one feels more meaningful. And the other ones, you can like take down people's population, you can work backwards, but you can't take away people's magic. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It, I still have it because I like to have a complete collection. It makes me feel good to collect all the tiny epics, <laughs> but this one, it doesn't get hit the table too often anymore for me. Right. I am. I will definitely get to that one. Um, I think uh, the two of us are in somewhat of an agreement, but I think that is the wrong answer in terms of number nine. <laughs> this one was number nine with a bullet for me. I think they could release 27 ID Tiny Epics, and this will probably be number 27. This is how much I detested this game. Um, is Tiny Epic Mechs. So, uh, and by the way, I should probably mention, I'm mostly rating them for solo. I don't get a chance to play Tiny Epics with a lot of people and i think that may be a limitation of the system it's it, they're such small games so like having four people kind of hunched over and moving the little meeples and everything could be a little bit rough so like as a as a low player count experience and so one to two uh, that's how i'm rating these things uh so tiny epic mechs is a clear bottom of the barrel for me um pro it's it's, it's the programming one 
right? So like, you know, you have these little meeples and the meeples can, you know, acquire the, the items, which, you know, it's item meeples. And then you can go into mech suits and then you can go into a bigger mech suit eventually. And, you know, you're on a kind of like Tron-like grid board and you're programming your actions. So you have your card and you line up your programming row and you do the, you do usual things. Like, you, have, you know, people have played Robo Rally, people have played Mechs vs. Minions, people have played programming games. So like you, you program and then you kind of like reveal one, resolve and then reveal the next one resolve whatever whatever and it was so like oh the game fought you like it was like fighting the fun so like you had the programming which is a limited resource in and of itself and then you had like attacking was just this ridiculous thing where it's like um you know so like i can attack but then if i attack you i lose my sword or it gets knocked out of my hand and then if i attack you with my sword and you have like a, you're defending with a, um, a range weapon there's like this rock paper scissors thing going on and it's like i just want to kick some butt like this it's enough like limitation on me and games are all about like strategic limitations and like you know kind of channeling the fun right so like programming is enough <laughs> like the fact that i'm just programming in and of itself is enough of a limitation so like now i have to like judge you know whether i have the sword or i have the proper sword or you're going to keep these equipped it's like no <laughs> and like it took you so long to just like get into the action Right, like you had to, you know, like get acquire a weapon, and you had to, like, you know, set yourself up with enough energy so that you can. Re Ugh. I don't want resource management in my combat mech games, right? I, I don't want it to be, and the solo bot. <laughs> the the paid the the solo bot rules were about I don't know three or four pages in those little books, and it was like you know little six point font and <sighs> so complex, and it wasn't it just wasn't fun. Oh, I think like Tiny Epic Mechs really kind of broke me on the series for a little while. It got me back. Uh, obviously, the, the later ones I have played and I'm going to play, uh, play through on my channel. Happy to do that. I may just skip the Mechs pro playthrough. We'll see. <laughs> but Tiny Epic Mechs, number nine with a bullet. I'm going to jump into my number eight right away because it is Tiny Epic Mechs. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm not I nearly figured. as negative as <laughs> I'm not nearly as negative as you are on this one, to be honest. Like, I actually like the solo bots. I thought they were they were fun. Like two v one, and it actually worked okay. Like for having a lack of programming, the enemy bots just have like flip up a card and it tells me what to do, and it usually does something that is beneficial to them in some fashion. It was fine. In fact, I played this with my son, where we played a two v two, where we were on a team against the two bots on a team. And my son's five, so um, he, he's able to understand, like, basic programming. Like, oh, yeah, I could turn my card left and right. It's easy for him to understand. That worked really well. But um, I will agree with you on the combat. And I have a house rule I like playing with with this to fix it. And this is why it's lower on my list because the house rule is simple, but it adds a lot to it in the sense that I do a reload action. Mm -hmm. Meaning that you're exactly right. I attack with a sword. And I can't attack the sword again until I attack with all my other weapons. When I attack with all the uh, rest of my weapons, I have to retreat from battle. Ridiculous. I'm like, well, Ridiculous. Why can't I, yeah, exactly. Why can't I swing with my sword again? So, <laughs> so right. <laughs> I totally agree with you. What do I do? What so, do my I house. Do? <laughs> <laughs> this is so hard. <laughs> yeah. And so, my house rule really is once you go through all your weapons, you spend an action to reload them. It was just, you just. Don't do anything, and then next turn you can tack again with whatever weapon you want. And I think that works fine that way. That's how I like playing it, but um, completely agree on that. I think the mechs are really cool. It is a area control game more than a combat game, and I think that's the other point you're getting at. Like, if you expect to come in and like 
bust up other robots. Yeah, you can, but the you want to attack a little bit. But the main thing is you want to lay down like mines and turrets to get a lot of points in the game. It's a resource management game on top of an area control game on top yes. of a combat game. So like you Correct. have, it's trying to do all these things at once. And when you do everything, you do nothing. So <laughs> I mean, Tiny Epic uh, Max gets a big raspberry for me. Uh, okay, so I figured this was gonna, something like this was gonna happen at least at the bottom of the list. My number eight is Kingdoms. So uh, pretty much in agreement that these are the weaker titles. Kingdoms is fine. I'm, not, I'm actually not going to like go crazy or anything like that about Kingdoms. Kingdoms, it's a fine experience in terms of the Forex. It's a little like, you know, like a lot of people are going to say, and I have this comment about the next few games, it's cramped. You know, so, it, you know, you, like you want to play a Forex game, there's, a, there's like a cognitive dissonance of like playing a dis, dis, what's supposed to be an expansive Forex game, expand, you know, exploit, all that kind of thing. But you're like leaning and like, you know, I'm trying to get, you know, uh, <laughs> make my way onto the little zones and everything. And then the solo bot, like you said, the solo, like it's the only tiny epic that was built without solo. So like the very first mm -hmm. tiny epic kingdoms had no solo whatsoever. And then they're like, hey, these are little games. Like solo players want to play this. So let's design a bot. And that, that was the Heroes Call expansion. And they had that, the, the compass thing. So it's like, okay, where does the bot go? Any solo gamer knows you have to get the bot right. And you have to, like, it has to be clear where the bot goes. And it doesn't just say, okay, it goes to, you know, the first wheat field, like, you know, a, an automat type thing would, would say something like that. It just, like, makes you calculate. Um, and I don't want to calculate with a solo bot. That's just not, it's not what I want to do. Fine game. I didn't last in my collection very long. Um, but, you know, I mean, if you, it's the only 4X in the, in the, game, in the system. And if you want to give that a try, then... I actually don't mind the base game itself. So that's Tiny Epic Kingdoms, my number eight. All right, so we got our yayas out, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, next, the next couple of games will be a little bit more positive. So uh, hit me with your number seven, Tiny Epic Game. That would be Tiny Epic Tactics. Mm, okay. So this game is interesting because I, I really love the board presence where you have a rollout, like, felt mad and you actually use the box and other pieces in the box to construct this huge map and I actually like it quite a bit but there's a couple things that are rubbing the wrong way and that's why it's so down low on this like the, the whole point of the game is you're constructing a team of of um, different uh, fantasy classes so you have mage and a warrior and a beast all sorts of fun stuff like that and you're basically battling it out on this huge map now in solo, you also have the ability where you go into dungeons, you go with the treasures, which is actually something really cool. But the thing that drives me nuts is if the enemy is standing on top of one of these physical like pieces you have to flip over to go inside the dungeon, you can't go in. So you have to like make sure they're not standing on top of this before you go in. You can knock them down, but or you can eliminate them. But the problem is the bad guy always responds. And so it winds up being like super frustrating in some cases, like, well. I have everything I need. I'm on a timer. I can't get in there because these guys keep running on top of them because they're programmed to head towards me and attack me. And so you almost have to like try to draw them away. And it's just, it's frustrating. I, I didn't like that part. I, I house rules so I can eliminate them and then I like it a lot better. But because I'm house ruling to enjoy the game, it's going to fall lower on this list. Yep. Uh, that's definitely um, a scenario where you're kind of playing against the game, not playing your adventure in your head, right? Like the whole point yep. of a tactics game like that, and like you know, uh, you, you, like like Steve said, you have this team and you're going into the uh, you know the dungeons and stuff in the solo mode, which I think is super cool. 
Um, but because of the way the AI behaviors, and again, like, I mean, that's what's going to kind of make or break these tiny Epic games is the behavior of the AI more often than not. Right. And is it smooth? Is it reliable? Is it give, does it generate um, a, a fun experience? Does it get in your way in creative ways? Uh, so it's not on, it's actually a little bit further up on my list, but I wanted to just kind of like resonate with your point that like when you play a game, you don't want to, you don't want to have to like play a metagame, right? And in that game, you have to play a metagame rather than actually like kind of playing the on the board experience. So I definitely, uh, I definitely see your point there. All right. Ooh, what's your uh, so, so my number seven is Tiny Epic Zombies. So Tiny Epic Zombies, I have a feeling this is going to be way higher in your list. So. I'm, so we'll we'll see about that. Right. <laughs> Mr. Poker Face over there. Uh, <laughs> so Tiny Big Zombies is actually fine. Like we're getting to the point where it's like we're getting at, the, at this point. These are games that I'm kind of happy to play. Uh, if if it if they kind of land, or if like you know they come into my orbit, like I'm actually kind of happy to play Tiny Big Zombies. It's a survival game. You you are like survivors in a mall, and the mall is like oversized cards that you arrange. And every, um, every one of the oversized cards has like three rooms in it. And you can kind of like walk around from room to room, picking up weapons, you're fighting against zombies. And like in true zombie movie fashion, you build up combos to like defeat scores of zombies in a row. And you, you know, like you get the chainsaw and the chainsaw saws through five of them. Da, da, da. And there's modular missions too. So like you can, um, you have one escort quest and you have one where you just kill a bunch of zombies in a row, or you have one where you just have to like, you know, find the ingredients of a, of a, of a, a whatever that's sticking around in some of the other rooms. It's like a search type thing. So it, it was definitely one of those games. And I think this is one of the main criticisms of tiny epic that people have where it feels cramped. And I said that about kingdoms. And I think I felt it more here where you are like every card has three rooms and that's all that's such a tiny area you know like and i feel like i'm i'm really like you know the joke is like you have to take the meeple and like with tweezers and you have to like move the you know the meeple with tweezers and i felt i felt it in this game more than any of the other games where it just felt like they're trying to cram so much into the board and it's it's kind of it kind of burst at the seams for me and i get what they're doing with the modularity with like the different um the different victory conditions that you can do. So like you can accomplish different missions. Uh, I definitely felt like, again, too much, right? So some of the missions just, just fell really flat for me. Uh, and some of the missions, and, and especially, um, I think this was, um, there was a lot of player power questions with this one too. Player power questions, item questions, like, cause there's, you know, a tiny epic game is also gonna give you a, a billion characters. Um, and I felt like there was a, there was a couple of corner cases. I'm not recalling them right now. Where like, what do I do? What don't I do? And you know, tiny big's kind of famous for that. of like having a giant FAQ attached to every single game. So, you know, for all of those reasons, tiny epic zombies didn't, you know, truly land for me, but at the same time, I'm saying a lot of bad things. It still works. And it's still, if you, if you like the zombie theme a little bit more, it's still fun. Yeah. I, I'll have more to say later, but I agree with you on the component size. Like there is a, generic like companion meeple that you're trying to protect in the middle of the mall and that meeple is tiny <laughs> <laughs> it's really small <laughs> so yeah totally agree with what you're saying there the regular meeples are are bigger and they got the holes for the item meeples so they can carry actually equipment which is silly but fun at the same time right. um there's one other thing i'll mention before i talk about it later is the car and the motorcycle just drive me nuts in this game to no mm. end like they made these huge pieces, a car and a motorcycle that the Meeple can actually fit in carrying his weapons. 
I'm like, that's cool. I can drive around the stuff in the, in the map. But in reality, once you like hop in the motorcycle car, you drive it to a spot and then you immediately get out basically. Yep. Yep. It's like, well, why do I have this giant piece that doesn't matter if he's in or out of it, right? I would rather have just like a little token or something, but whatever. If it's going to do that, like, you know, like stay in the car and like, let me drive around the whole right. freaking mall for multiple turns. Like, that's cool. Exactly. Um, as opposed to kind of just like teleport, basically. They basically like, you know, they put in a teleport, which is like the car. You can go from one place to another. And like, okay, now I have a meeple for that. It's like, I don't need that. So uh, yep. just a, a lot. I just They crammed a lot in. I just, I feel like this was the one tiny epic more than any of the, any of the others that was overstuffed. So, all right. So that was our number sevens. Uh, I'm going to invite you, my friend, to talk about uh, number six, Tiny Epic Game. My number six is Tiny Epic Quest. So this one's not nearly as high because it's honestly more abstract than I don't like, but it feels, even despite that, like a pretty fun puzzle adventure. Like it's more puzzle than adventure, but I still get the adventure feeling it. And this one, you have multiple meeples and you're running around this huge map and you're trying to go on well, different quests, really. You can either go into like different dungeons and get equipment, or you can position yourself around the map in certain ways to, to achieve different goals. And, and there's guys can beat up and it's, yeah, you're just trying to get the most points and spells to get. And the, I guess my issues with this one is I, I don't like the victory point goal, especially in solo. Like, oh, yeah, get to this point and you win the game. Like, that doesn't really do it for me when I'm playing solo. I want to have, like, an active opponent to go against. So that's one thing. The other thing is the spells are so lackluster. It's like, oh, right. I got this level spell. So what does that mean? You got this level spell. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> so, and like if they did expansion for this and do they do make expansions for these games, I think this is prime to, to expand that and have some special abilities with those spells. And I would like that a lot more. Right. Uh, so that was tiny epic quest. I have way more to say about that. Uh, I did not, I'm not Mr. Steve over there. I do not have a very good poker face when it comes to this stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> more to say uh, going for a little bit. So uh, this one might take you by surprise. Uh, my number six, uh, cause I think you like this game if I, I'm not mistaken. Uh, so my number six is Tiny Epic Dinosaurs. So I have to put a big asterisk on this one because I have not played a lot. I, this was, it just came out, it's brand new. And I only played it like on an online thing. Someone else had it and I'm like kind of like playing along and everything. So I did not get the optimal experience. So like if I play, if I really play this game, I may, it may bump up. I may bump down. I don't know. My only reaction to that was, and I can't really speak too much about time. It's like, you know, um, you know, like you're doing the dinosaur thing, you're breeding dinosaurs and you kind of like, you know, um, you're, you're like, what are you like scientists or something like that? You're kind of like, you know, uh, gathering the materials and gathering a dinosaur and you have to like build your enclosure so that the dinosaur doesn't like escape and interact with your uh, meeples and everything. Um, so, you know, Dinosaur Island, you know, that, that was a big game that came out a, a, a while ago. Different game, but, you know, worker placement dinosaurs is not that dissimilar. Um, my thing about worker placement games in general, and this isn't, like, necessarily Tiny Epic Dinosaurs. Again, I have to play it more. I just want to put that out there. But my thing about worker placement games in general, it's like, it's the one genre of game where when it doesn't hit, it's like, uh, it's a game, Right. So like you place a work, you place a, your worker, get a thing. You place a worker, get a thing. Later in the, later in the turn, you place a worker, you get two things. And I feel like I don't know that Tiny Epic Dinosaurs really rose above that for me, at least in my play. Um, 
You know, like what you want in a worker placement game is you want, like, I think Champions of Midgard is an excellent example of this. And that's unfair because that's a bigger game, right? Uh, but Champions of Midgard has that thing of like, you know, you place a work, you get a thing. But then in the mid rounds, you place a work, you get four things, the four things that you combo off of this thing. And, and at, the end, at the end of the game, it's like, okay, I'm beating giant monsters with this one worker placement <laughs> <laughs> because I've planned and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if Dinosaur, you'll have to tell me more, but in my play, I didn't, I don't think dinosaurs reach that for me. And that's the feeling that I want from a worker placement. So you tell me, I know a dinosaur, I, I know tiny epic dinosaurs is a little bit higher in your list, uh, but just in general, what do you think of that uh, perspective? Yeah, I think I don't necessarily group this in the worker placement category specifically, but more of the worker placement breeding category. So games like Agricola or Caverna, like, or Dinosaur Island, you said those, right? Like these, <laughs> yeah, <fair enough. laughs> like, this is that type of game in a right. small box. And surprisingly enough that uh, when I played it, I'm like, you know what? Does this thing do anything special compared to those? Not really. It's just kind of like another iteration of that type of genre of game. And so, but it was nice that it's a small, a small container. And um, I'll have more to say later, but uh, I'll leave it at that for now. So. All right. So that was our number sixes. Uh, mine was Dinosaurs and Steve's was Quest. Uh, let us move on to our number five. My number five is Tiny Epic Galaxies. This one I like a lot, <laughs> but it wound up being low in the list because I was kind of surprised actually, but that's just how it's laying out right now for me. Um, if you asked me like a few years ago, this would be higher for whatever reason, but this game is combo, combo, combo. Like it is really fun for that. If you like good combos, and I love combos. That's the, where this game shines. And I really do like the pilots too, that's expansion on the edge where now your workers have special abilities that adds quite a bit to it. Uh, but it's, it's fun. Uh, I didn't care for the exploration as much. It was only okay. You talk and about the beyond I, the black exploration where there's- Yeah, like beyond a, the black, you can a, like a go explore. Yeah, yeah you can, can, there's like a planet beyond, like a, a pile of cards beyond all yeah. the base planets. And those pile of cards are basically like a pile of set collection. Exactly, yeah. And it was fine, it worked okay. And I think this is why it's low on my list because I struggled to get people to play this one as much because it gets overwhelming quickly because you can build, hey, I get this one dice, my dice result can trigger this one ability. Sweet. Well, now I can trigger those things to trigger this other ability and feed this other engine in there. That's really fun, but it winds up being difficult for uh, some people I've introduced it to. Okay. Again, Poker Face is not happening. <laughs> I think we've covered almost all the tiny epics, or at least we will uh, come very close by the time we get to my number five. Uh, are we at, we're at number five, right? There we go. It's number five, yep. Okay, so my number five is Tiny Epic Western. So Tiny Epic Western, you mentioned a game that approaches the midweight. Is this the game that you meant? You're correct. Okay. So yes, this is a game that approaches the midweight. It's another worker placement a little bit like there's zones and you put your, your worker on zones and there's like a big circular um row of cards right so like you're placing your workers you're getting the resources you're doing that basic stuff but then um you have this other layer of like kind of faux poker where in like and that's how you resolve like the area control of it like you know who dominates the areas who has the quote-unquote better poker hand it's not really poker um, so that's a little bit weird because it's, you know, why does it, why does Western mean poker? I don't, <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be that way. They played other games. <laughs> uh, 
so you know so you had like a, a like one to five suits and it, was, it wasn't like it, it was it's basically like kind of a, a, a ginned up gussied up way of determining uh control of the area uh, and if you got the better hand uh, or, or whatever it is then you got like more of the resource and like if you didn't get the better hand you got less of it um so you had that the reason why i put this a little bit ahead of the games that came below it not that this might like i don't not, i'm not thrilled by this game i, I like it it's solid the reason I, this was a cut above for me, I mentioned before, a tiny epic can kind of like rise and fall with their AI. I felt like this AI was the best implemented AI. Simple to understand, uh, easy, and then like it like gets in your way in a really fun way. So like you want to go somewhere, but you have to roll a die, and if you and if that guy just shows up in front of you, then you got to shoot a duel. And you know that's what you want in a like a viticulture type experience. So like sometimes the viticulture bot puts the thing where you want to go. It's like, oh, I got to. You know, <laughs> looks like I got to change my strategy. That's what you want uh, because you don't want to just play a game like you mentioned before about tiny the quest. You're just playing the game. There's no opposition. Here you have a plan and you plan for that space because it's like built up and it has like all these things you give you. The bot gets in your way. It's like, all right, what's your plan B, dude? What's your plan B? Huh? Let's go. Or did you stock up enough bullets? to make sure that you got the space that you wanted to get in order to fire off your combo. Good, solid, fun. Um, it's, it's not a, a tiny epic that's talked about a lot because it does reach that midway. There's a reason why they, they didn't go to that midway space it, with the future games that kind of like kept them on the easy end. But I'm glad it's there and I'm glad to play it. And it's worth a look if you're interested in that. So that's tiny epic Western. That might yep. I agree with all you, you said there, and I'll have more to add uh, later. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> I thought I okay. So we matched up on the bottom two. I thought that we would match up a little bit more um, in the towards the middle, but we really kind of diverged there. So we're going to start to kind of coalesce and come together as we <laughs> yeah. hit uh, more of the uh, the top of the list. Uh, okay, so we are going to get to number four, my friend Stephen. What is your number four tiny epic game? It is dinosaurs. There you go. I thought the theme was awesome. It's cute, you know. It's it is a lot like the Dinosaur Island that type of theme. The breeding's fun. Uh, I really enjoy the unique dinosaurs in this game. Like if they didn't have that, I don't know if I would like it as much as I do. Because how it works is you can get like two of like Tyrannosaurus or Stegosaurus and they're like breed and it's fun. But it's only really those four types of dinosaurs in the game, with the exception of the uniques. And the uniques they have a ton of them. I don't know how many they have. There's like 15 or 20 and they have an individual uh, meeple for each of them which is pretty cool and that changes the strategies how you play the game uh, yeah so you I might like, have like the plesiosaurus who is hanging out in the lake exactly and the plesiosaurus like so you have like your main board and you have your personal board where you put all your stuff so if you put the plesiosaurus in the lake it'll like what is it like it'll like bite at the the ones next to it or like cause some side of trouble on your board yeah, you can like feed the the uh, Tyrannosaurus instead of feeding meat normally. You can feed him another dinosaur, for example, <laughs> instead. So it's fun. It's like, oh yeah, fun little theme in there. I like it quite uh -huh. a bit. The my issue with it comes down to the the AI, the solo bot. Uh, the solo bot is ridiculously challenging this game. Like I've never won, honestly, and I've only come within a stone's throw like once or twice. Like it is really hard. I played it with my wife. And we were playing together, even though it's a competitive game, on the same team, just try to beat the bot. And we couldn't do it, 2v1. So right. that's my hesitation with this game. But the gameplay is fun. They're getting back to your question on, can you build these cool combos? While you may not get a ton of resources by playing like one guy down, um, you definitely can build combos like, oh, cool. If I, if I get these guys together, 
I can get a free dinosaur and turn these in to com complete this contract, or I've got a secret contract I can do. Um, I guess that's the other thing I don't like too is if you're trying to get these contracts to get more points at the end of the game, but there's public contracts where anyone can claim, and then everyone has their own private contract. Now, according to the rules, you cannot complete your private contract unless you're completing a public contract at the same time. And that's really hard to do. And I, I don't know why they decided to rule that way. And honestly, when I played my wife, she's like, she was really frustrated. I'm like, you know what? If you want to just complete your private contract by itself, go ahead. And so that's what we do a lot of times. And I kind of recommend it. Uh, but yeah, that's my, my issues with it. But honestly, it's a, it's a fun game. Lots of Kingsley house rules over there fixing these games, man. I'm not, not sure if I feel like I want to allow some of these uh, innovations, especially to affect your rating, sir. <laughs> well, I like it regardless of that house rule. It's not as impactful as some of the other ones. So, but yes, I, I love house rules. <laughs> so. oh, why not? <laughs> it's your game. You bought it. You spent the 25 bucks. Don't tell Scott. <laughs> so. <laughs> Or tell Scott, he'll put it in the expansion. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was Steve's number four, Tiny Epic Dinosaurs. Tiny Epic Dinosaurs was my number, looks like it's number six. So we're, we're going in the ballpark over there. Um, okay, so my number four is Tiny Epic Tactics. Um, I definitely get where Steve is coming from with, you know, it, it yes, you, so like you, you're playing the tactical game, right? And you have to kind of manage the metagame of like, where's the enemy going to spawn if I'm going to complete my goals. And you mentioned before how like maybe in case you're not familiar with tactics, right? It's like Final Fantasy tactics, right? If you, if you remember that old video game, it's four characters and you can kind of use one at a time. And if you use one, then you can't use that one in the next turn. So you have to use your, like use the mage to fire by somebody. Then he's probably going to be sitting there uh, not doing too much. Uh, you know, then you have to use the, the beast and everything. So you're kind of managing these four characters across a, a map a dude's in a map type thing uh okay so then that there's that part of it and then in the solo mode you have to go into these dungeons and you take the little um i wish i had the actually i do uh, i have it right here now we're getting to the tiny epics that i actually own uh okay so like on the board it'll look like that right and then so you have the grass and everything and that's fine and then you go in to the door and i know if you're listening to the podcast right now this is like terrible audio but <laughs> <laughs> go to shelf stories go like and subscribe that's what i want you to do you turn it over and it is a like a treasure room and you're trying to get to the treasure right there's no real opposition like you can kind of tell my light is not really cooperating over here but yeah you there you go you can kind of tell there's like a goblin over there but the goblin you step on it and like you just you lose two health or whatever it is so that's not a fight it's not anything like whatever. So like, it's basically like an extra movement puzzle. That's what the dungeon is, is an extra movement puzzle. And as long as you kind of like cool with that and like, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start talking about this a little bit. Like, you know, Tiny Epic is when they're good and you're talking about like with dinosaurs, when they're good, they're not thematic, but like you can kind of put it in if you want to. Like if you have an active imagination or if you have a kid, you wanna kind of gin up the experience the you can put in the theme so like i can imagine myself putting the dine and i've done this i put the beast in there uh and then the beast is like trampling over stuff and it's like you know stopping the goblin in the face and uh and i can kind of play that up a little bit and i you know so i have to kind of put it in as opposed to kind of like it being in the game so i want to be careful of that but it's in there and it's am i able to do it and that's to the game's credit 
and you know, I, I like the tactics cards. So like, you know, you can play your regular things, but then you get like tactics cards in and out that change what you can do every single turn. So you can't just like, like hit the same like moves every single turn. A lot of dudes in the map games, like you get the one power and just like, like doing the power over and over and over again. Can't do that here because you, once you use that power, you discard and you get a whole brand new power. And you have to like rejigger your mind around the new power that you got. Excellent. Um, probably staying around for me. I still have to, it's like kind of on the fence on, on that one. It has that, is this too cramped feeling? You know, like, you know, this is, it's a little big game. So like, is it too much? But there was more there. And I definitely really, ha really happy with it. Uh, it's going to be a playthrough very, very soon on my channel, Shelf Stories, which you are visiting. All right. So that was number four. We are now getting to the creme de la creme. Number three. My number three is Tiny Epic Western. This one was higher on my list just because it, it felt different than the rest of them because it's on the heavier side. Like, and I'm not always in the mood for this level of puzzle, but when I'm traveling on the road and maybe I'm in the mood, want to do something a little more meaty, this is the one I pull out. It's, it's fun for that. Like the, I, I agree, not everything has to be poker based, but this one, when you're trying to decide where, what cards I keep, because you get dealt two cards and you can only keep one of them and you have to look around the board and see what, poker hands you can play and like where do I need to go and if I can go there does my poker hand work in that situation the, the, what are my odds like that that mental load I enjoy quite a bit and like you said before the AI actually is really good in this one I enjoy the AI it works That's fine my opinion yeah for sure and so because of that the, those those things make it much higher on my list I I guess my only ask of this game is you wind up building or acquiring these buildings, which you create, because you're kind of like building up the town. And those are cool, like they got cool abilities, but as soon as you acquire another building, then that previous one gets overwritten. You still get the icons for it, so you, it's like an icon collect, set collection thing going on, but you, you kind of lose that special ability of like, oh man, I kind of I kind of like the special ability, I want to use that one more, because it, <laughs> makes, it, it makes it hard to like do combos, for example, but that's a minor quibble to the rest of the game. The rest of it's actually really good. So. Complicated enough. <laughs> yes, complicated <laughs> enough for sure. <laughs> and uh, like, I sh it's not heavy. It's mid, but for yeah. a tiny epic game, for a tiny epic right. game to have like everything that's going on in terms of the calculation of the poker and to have multiple powers in front of you might be might have been a little bit much. Uh, and just like I said, the the direction of the of the tiny epic thing in general tended away from that, even that level of kind of in intricacy. So. Um, anyway, so that was Western, uh, both, you know, fairly high on our list, which is a little bit, you know, I think people might be surprised because like no one's talked, no one ever talks about it. Um, so we're, so actually mm -hmm. I think that both, I speak on behalf of Steve, uh, we're both happy to kind of like give it a little bit of a nudge, uh, go ahead and give that one a look. Definitely. Um, all right. So that was number three, uh, my number three, uh, one of my audible or so inaudible, like <laughs> if I had a hair, <laughs> Uh, Tiny Epic Quest. So Tiny Epic Quest is a terrible multiplayer game. It is not, there's no interaction, really. There's no interaction at yes. all. Um, and it's, it's not, it, 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 it's terrible because of the not, lack of interaction, right? Um, as a solo game, though, it's a very satisfying puzzle. It's a, it's a puzzle, straight up. I think people when, because I remember when it debuted at like Gen Con or something and they were like putting out the, um, the videos for it and the images of it and everything. And you saw like the big map, right? You saw the huge laid out, um, you know, like with the river and the bridges and all that, 
it's wow, there's so much to go. Like we're they're, they're blowing it out this time. And it turns out that it's just like a bunch of zones where you kind of like geometrically arrange your figures so that you can achieve like, you know, personal goals that require you to arrange your figures. And, you know, that kind of like, I think that frustrated some expectations. And it also was the first game to feature item meeples. And item meeples are very, very fun. You know, you had like your wand and your sword and your shields. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adventure with these things. It helps you finish the puzzle. <laughs> that's what they do. <laughs> um, you can hit the, you know, the little goblin a little bit harder so that you can fulfill your puzzle, like of the, of the goblin a little bit faster. That's it. Still yep. satisfying solo puzzle. I like the dice. I like the little push your luck. I like the, um, because the way what Steve was talking about with the magic, Steve complained about the lack of specificity to the spells. I don't see it as like a spell system. I see it as like, I have raw magic. And if I push too hard with those um, dice, then the raw magic is going to like blow my brain out. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to get set back to one health and everything. So like if I, like if I'm rolling so that there's a two phases, right? There's that day phase where you're moving around doing the things and night phase, you're just like, you know, rolling, rolling, rolling. And you're rolling to accomplish goals. You're progressing on the, on certain tracks. You're, you know, progressing against like some goblets you're trying to hit. So like, those are all dice phases. And then you're acquiring magic. So like, you have to make that decision where it's like, okay, I want to really, I want to finish this track and I want to, you know, beat this goblin with my one guys, but I'm at like almost max magic over here. So if I roll this one, uh, I like it. I really like it. Um, it's one that I played to this day. So uh, that was a tiny epic quest. Steve is wrong. <laughs> I will say one thing <laughs> about tiny epic quest that stands up to the other ones is I think this is the only, only, uh, game in the series that actually needs item meeples. Like, don't really? get me wrong, item meeples are super cool. Really? Yeah. Because most of the time, when you get these cool little meeples, uh, weapons you stick in your guy, like, you get a card instead. Like, you just keep the card in front of you. No big deal. But in, in Quest, you have three workers you're managing, mm -hmm. and so you kind of have to keep track of which worker or which meeple has what item or weapon with them, so yeah. that's where it makes sense to, like, attach it to it. But the rest of the game's while I still do attach weapons to them, it's not that big of a deal. You can just have the card in front of you. Or like you could have done like A, B, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to like a sword, <laughs> shield. Like what you're talking about could be accomplished with like a gold star, blue star. <laughs> <laughs> you did not need swords and shields <laughs> is the point. Um, anyway, no, no, um, I definitely dig Tiny Epic Quest, but as a solo puzzle. If you're playing this multiplayer, it can be a little bit more difficult with the lack of interaction. Yeah, there's no interaction. Yep. Right. All right. Uh, so we are on that number two. So number two, Tiny Epic Game, my friend Steven. I suspect this is going to be later on your list, but we'll find out. My number two is Tiny Epic Defenders. I enjoy this one quite a bit. It is, it is really fun. I, it's interesting. Like, If you would have asked me where this fell on my list, uh, before the expansion came out for it, it would be it would have been at like the the bottom of the list, easy. But the second edition made a huge improvement for me. Like the the main thing about this game is you have this turn deck, and so you shuffle in your hero cards with a bunch of enemy actions, and you just flip them, resolve them. They're really fast to do. When we get to hero turn, then you get to do stuff, right? And the cool thing about this is as the game goes on you add more and more enemy cards to that without adding more hero cards. So it becomes harder and harder for you to overcome the bad things that enemy does. But the bad thing to it is now I'm kind of just waiting until a turn comes up. 
but with the expansion now you have these cool skills which you can upgrade your character and that adds an ability to respawn or do more outside of your actual turn which i liked quite a bit mm -hmm. the uh, the campaign was nice i do enjoy the campaign however my only hiccup is the full campaign the dark war it's called it's it's pretty long <laughs> like yeah. if if i bring it to me bring it with me on a on a work trip I need to make sure I've got you know, a couple hours to punch through it. I mean, you can get through in one sitting, but it's, it's long, longer they, than I normally would like. They so. say that like the book actually says that you can get through an individual game in 25 minutes. I'm calling BS on that one. <laughs> 25 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Are you serious? <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> but the nice thing is there's two campaigns and you can play the shorter campaign, which I do most of the time. And that plays fun and still fun. But yeah, that's uh, tiny epic defenders. Which is my number two as well. Tiny oh, Epic Defenders. Hey. We match up right there. Um, there as this video comes out, what is it coming out on Sunday? Um, the previous Friday, I'm going to be releasing a playthrough, uh, my second playthrough of Tiny Epic Game, uh, which is Defenders. And I have a whole lot of fun. You <laughs> the people who have seen that playthrough is like, Disc Man is crazy. <laughs> Talk about like buckets where you can kind of fit in like role playing and, and like fun and adventure and all kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so Tiny Epic defenders cooperative tower defense right so yep. you know uh you have the six the, again tiny epic oversized cards you have six oversized cards surrounding one oversized card in the middle it's capital city you, as opposed to a lot of cooperative games there's only one lose condition lose capital city right and but everything funnels towards that so like you can lose 100 different ways but that just means that it funnels towards capital city so you have to defend that and you have to be in the way and you have to, you know, use your powers and interrupt, you know, first the regular enemies and then the dire enemies. So the dire enemies are like more powerful beings you have to like account for and you know what's there. So like once they go into the deck, it just cycles over and over again. So now so I've seen it once. It surprised me. Now I can prepare. Right. Um, and then, you know, as Steve described, the, 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 you don't get more good guy cards. <laughs> you only get more bad guy cards. And more and more of the um, out the battle is, is lost. And like it, it, at the very beginning, it seems very sedate, you know, uh, as, the, as the game goes on, like it definitely becomes more and more uh, inter intricate. Those who played the first edition, um, and I was thinking in particular of Tom Vassell's very kind of infamous review of this game. He hated, I think it was like two out of 10. Like just burn pile. This game is boring. This game could have been about weed sprouting in a garden. And like for my action, I'm taking the lawnmower and I'm you know <laughs> mowing my weed. <laughs> like the, he did not. The, the theme didn't do anything for him. There was no combo richness. There was no immersion. There was no like nothing there. And I could see his perspective at least in the first edition because it, there was some basic stuff that was going on. I think with the second edition, oh my god, really amped up the card manipulation. You can manipulate the turn order. You can manipulate discard piles. You can manipulate, um, you know, whether you want to go, you know, again, or you want to like, you know, um, scout and like, cause you can, you can manipulate deck and stuff like that. Like just adding that little layer and a couple of other tweaks and making the bosses, cause there's a boss that comes out at the end that you have to beat, making them more interactive, making them, you move the meeples onto and off of the card or booting you around the, uh, the area. So you have to like, it be, introduces a huge movement puzzle that enemy does. Oh, I love it. I love it. This game is amazing. Um, any co-op fans should take a look. You know, I know that um, our friend Michael Kelly, uh, easy to watch when you're listening to this, and he is not a tiny epic guy. Give this one a try. It's co-op. <laughs> Seriously, give this one a try. I, mean, I, mean, I, I don't like it. I don't know. 
Uh, <laughs> but it is the co-op. It's the co-op tower defense one. I, if I, like, I definitely prefer this to like a Castle Panic. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Castle Panic is like for, it's for kids, you know, mm-hmm. for like, young adults. Like there's enough here, especially with the Dark War expansion, to like satisfy me as a gamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also like my young at heartedness of being a, a big dork playing, uh, role playing my meeples. So I can't say enough about, good about Tiny Epics. It, it's it's permanent place in my collection. So uh, worthy yeah. number two. Yeah, this one, when I travel for work, it's frequently picked off the shelf and put in my backpack. <laughs> Make sure it's second edition. Absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Like first edition, uh, I mean, it has some things that are going okay for it, but it doesn't really, just missed the mark. Second edition, completely agree with what you're saying. They nailed this one on the second try. Absolutely. All right, so we know you're number one, uh, and I think that's the biggest divergence for us. This was my number seven, and this is your number one, which is Tiny Epic Zombies. It is. This one, and honestly, my number one and two, I struggle like which one I like more, but I put this one above mostly because the scenarios make the game feel different for me. In the sense that, like you mentioned before, you, you're trying to complete three scenarios in the game, and you can mix them up or you can pick and choose what you want. But the combination of those scenarios make it play out in a different way than like, I, if I'm playing defenders, I know I'm going to do a tower defense. And it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. But with the zombie one, I'm going to be killing zombies, but that's not always the point of the game. Like you want to kill zombies enough that you can still do your objective, whatever it happens to be. Some objectives are not as exciting as the others, but there's other ones that are really good. And having a mix of those, you're, you're going to do three of them anyway. So even if you have one you don't quite care for, it's probably going to be easier to achieve anyway. But yeah, I, I like this one. I also find it exciting because I think the die in this game is, is really well done where you have am, ammunition and health. And how it works is as you shoot your gun, you remove your token towards, towards the middle of your board and you take wounds, you move your health towards the middle of the board. And if they ever meet, you're basically out of the game. So you have to like manage if I'm going to shoot, if I'm going to attack melee. If you're shooting, you're not going to take wounds. But if you attack a melee, you roll this die and you have a chance of taking wounds or have a chance of doing an overkill, which means you can get a free action and move and attack again. And I thought that was pretty exciting turns at times when you're like just mowing down guys. But it's also risky, which is fun. And then the <laughs> other thing is this one's really easy to scale difficulty. Like all you do is add a couple more of those, speaking of the tiny meeples, those tiny, tiny meeples in the, mid- in the middle to protect. Whoa. And it works out really well. <laughs> so <laughs> Now I will say... Do not play this game competitive. Like, I, I looked at competitive rules. I read through and I talked to people about playing competitive. Like, it plays good co-op and solo. And it plays good co-op and solo because the, the bad guy, the zombie character, has defined actions to do. And when you're having a player play a, a role that has essentially defined actions to do, you don't have many other decisions. It's just, it's not worth it, in my opinion. So, yeah, definitely play this co-op and solo. And I, I like this quite a bit. Obviously, my number one. There, so it's the first uh, Tiny Epic that had like multiple modes. And I remember I had Michael Co and Scott Arms, one of the ones that I did a preview series for, when, back when I did previews. And I asked about that and Michael's like, Scott's just an overachiever. I didn't ask for that. <laughs> 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 and it, again, when, you, when a game tries to do everything, it doesn't do anything. Uh, and thankfully, like, I think Steve is right to solo, but the co-op and solo are where it's at. Um, the competitive is not great, and the one versus many, which I th- which I think they thought was the best part of it. I think they they said like, okay, you're here for one versus many, and then you have the other, these other modes. And I think that's actually like the base explanation, like the the the, the booklet describes one versus many, and then it kind of gives the others as variants. That one, 
so like if you're playing like the zombies or you're playing like the zombie mind and you're doing so with a deck of cards, like, you know, you pull some cards and then you're like playing spawn cards on different people. So like, you're kind of like trying to anticipate where they're going to be, which sounds really cool, but you have very little, you get very few cards. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And you know, you're very stuck. So like, you know where they're going, you know what objective they need, but the chances are really good that you don't have the card in order uh, to really get in the person's way. So you just kind of like end up, you might as well just like, you know, put the card down and deal them out randomly, which is what the Zolobot does anyway. Exactly. So miss, you know, and, and again, fix with the house rule. You just have, add more cards, you have more options, but you know, that we're not going to count those. Um, <laughs> I, we're going to have to really disagree on this one. I, I, I'll play it, um, but I felt like, like you mentioned before, like, you know, the three modes let you play differently every single time. Sometimes you don't need three modes, modular modes, to turn it up to play different. Tiny Epic Defenders has one mode, and I feel like the games are different every single time because of the way the cards come out. It doesn't have to be this ridiculous thing. And the bosses are all different. I know that's towards the end, but like mm -hmm. that really changes. So I, I don't need the scenarios in order to have, I don't think scenarios automatically equal variability. I get what you're saying, and I'm glad you enjoy it, but missed for me. So, all right. Uh, so we actually, speaking of a disagreement, maybe, I, th I don't think it's as strong, but like my first is Galaxies. Uh, it was the first playthrough that I put up for, on, on purpose uh, on my channel. Um, and I just have a, I have a blast with this game. I have a blast with the base game. You know, the base game has enough combo-liciousness to it. Um, so like, you know, you can get your, you start with like a little dinky galaxy. You, you send your little two planes out. And then you slowly acquiring cards and every card you acquire, which is a planet, gives you a power. So more, you know, combo-ness. You get more planes, you get more dice, dice placement games. So I'm rolling the dice and I have like options to re-roll. I have options to follow, which is another thing. The, the, the tactics have a follow mechanism? No, tactics no. Okay. I'm thinking of Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea because I would mm -hmm. definitely have to follow. So like I love follow as a mechanism. I love the, the like having that culture resource and if someone like is rolling the thing that I need, or maybe I rolled like not like a like, bleh, and I'm playing with like two, three, uh, a couple players, I can pretty sure I can use my culture to get what I need. And I can kind of like, I, I'm like, I don't have that. I have a, a resource. So like makes me play to get that resource, that culture resource. So I can follow and get what I need. Perfect. Wonderful. And you know, you can follow the, the, um, the bot too. The bot is also clean. It's very clean in this game. Like you, you, it just rolls dice and you do what it says. And sometimes it rolls and it doesn't do anything. Fine. Sometimes it rolls and it does everything. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> True statement. <laughs> As long, but like roll and do what it says. Roll. Don't like consult the chart. Don't, you know, like run through different things. That's what I felt like Mex was. Mex was like control the chart and do whatever. No, mm -hmm. no. Roll, either do everything or roll and do nothing. Do what it says. Boom. Done. Um, clean. And, you know, it gets in your way, takes the cars, all that kind of stuff. Beyond the black, I don't really need. And I like that. I like that I like, I like that I, galaxies without the expansion is very satisfying and fun like you said beyond the black as the two things it adds the pilots and it adds the exploration exploration meh whatever the pilots pretty fun mm -hmm. not necessary but fun and that's a perfect expansion to me not necessary yeah. but fun um and i'm happy to play either way so galaxies I, I love cards dude i love cards uh dudes in a map and like the little meeples and I guess you could call the spaceship a meeple, but it acts differently. And the action isn't really on the planes, it's on the cards. Yep. You know, like, I, I, like the fact that the cards have, and the dice, the cards and the dice, the, the planes are just like incidental. It's, it's, this is a card and dice game. And it's kind of the only one 
because they went the meeple route with so many of the other ones. I just, it's different. I like it. It's, oh, I slammed myself. <laughs> uh, definitely, uh, I've gone on long enough. You guys uh, watched my playthrough. It only lasts 38 minutes. So like I just, I, I completely smashed the bots like with some like crazy combo with two pots and everything. So that was fun. Um, so yeah, no, Tiny Epic Galaxies. Um, and that was nine Tiny Epic games. Uh, how are you feeling about uh, the way our, our lists matched up? I'm pretty pleased with it for the most part. Yeah, I, I think uh, some of mine could move, but we'll see in the future. But uh, I, it's interesting that even though we might have them in different positions, we agree, it seems that way at least, we're going to quite through the points we're bringing up for each of these games specifically. Right. Yeah, I, I think like, you know, I mean, they're such simple games, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they, there's not like, you either like them or you don't, and you like what they're offering or you don't. And, you know, just the fact that, you know, do I like, do I like the work of, did I like the dinosaur theme? Like if I liked the dinosaur theme, I probably would have bumped up dinosaurs a little bit more. I don't, I couldn't get, care less about dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> I like them fine, but like, or like, I like dinosaurs. I'd like the whole dinosaur breeding thing. Yeah, I, you know, give me like, I want like, if I give me dinosaur combat, give me like, you know, like an adventure game in like a, a, a the prehistoric world, I'm all for that. But like, I don't want to breed them. That's like, it's too close to Pokemon for me. And I'm not a Pokemon fan. <laughs> um, so I, again, if I like that theme, it would go up. But like, I think that, you know, you know, and they're simple games in it, you know, and I love that they're, you know, I'm, the thing that you said, like they pack small and they expand big. That's, that's mm -hmm. the thing that I'm going to really take with me. Uh, as I kind of, you know, because that thread is going to come up again and then again to why Tiny Epic, which Tiny Epic's are kind of thing. It's a good line. Um, yeah, I get that question a lot. Like, well, I like these games, but why is it not bigger? I'm like, well, the whole point is it packs small. Like, I can, right. I, if I have space in my, my backpack, wherever I'm traveling for work, yeah, I'll grab a big game. But oftentimes it's not really the case. And I need to carry equipment or whatever else I need with me, you know, actual work stuff, you know, so these work great for that. And honestly, the boxes, they're small, but they're actually really sturdy too. Right. Like, you, you don't really have to worry about them. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're going to be around for a long time. Exactly. All right, my friend, thank you so much for being the first guest on Shelf Stories. We did this on Zoom, and I was anticipating us shutting down at some point, having to restart the call. We made it. <laughs> Woo, we did it. <laughs> we did it. One recording. How amazing is that? Well, thanks for having me, Jason. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, no, uh, you too, my friend. This is, this is great. We're, we're definitely not going to be strangers. Uh, lots more co uh, crossovers coming. Uh, I am from Shelf Stories. My friend Steve is from... Uh, where are you from and what are you guys doing um, uh, recently besides this podcast? <laughs> One-stop co-op shop. So obviously we cover uh, cooperative games and some solo games. So a YouTube channel, got a podcast, and uh, we've got some servers you can join to chat with us like Discord and Slack. Uh, we're going to put the notes uh, for Discord and, and Slack into the show notes of this. I'm hoping that uh, Steve, my friend, remembers to put the Shelf Stories link into uh, the ones that co-op shop feed over there. Uh, please go ahead and check out. Like that's that's really what you're getting. Um, it's not just like a channel; it's a community, and the community is very active, and they're always chatting about stuff. And it's not it's not huge; not going to get lost. You know, it's like you know maybe 20, 30, 40 people. Uh, which that's a good size for a gaming group. You, you know, like you go into these Facebook groups and you feel like you're getting lost. No, this is like, you, you get in there. If you love co-option and solo, you're going to find some uh, like-minded people from all over the world uh, sharing some stories and have a good time. So uh, discord Slack and, you know, uh, with me, it's going to be Facebook and Twitter. And like, you know, we're not, we're not hard to find. All right. So um, I hope you enjoyed this shelf story. This is Jason reminding you that if you can change your mind, you can change the world. And until next time, Later, everybody. Later.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Please check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. If you want to reach out to us, the best place to talk to us all is on the Slack. See the show notes for details. Also, you can support us on Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash one stop. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week with another top five list.